When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm Mitch Album, your host, the author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, the host of this podcast. The two are intertwined. The podcast is inspired by lessons learned from that book, Tuesdays with Maury, that still resonate today with people around the world, and certainly with me. Alongside is Lisa Goitz, my friend and producer of this program. As always, Lisa, good to see you. Always nice to see you, Mitch Album. And I have to say, I don't know if I've said this out loud yet, but I love the goatee. Uh-huh. Well, I know that that you. might have started as a pandemic thing, but I am voting to keep it. Uh, you and my wife will have to have a conversation because uh, she's all in favor of getting rid of it. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she, don't she tell her I said that. Clean shaven. <laughs> oh, it seems to be running about 70-30 in favor. Uh, I, I have never, for those of you who haven't heard about this before, I've never grown any kind of facial hair for most of my life I haven't been able to grow any facial hair and it wow. was only it was only having a year and a half of a pandemic where <laughs> it could slowly slowly <laughs> slowly come in and nobody would say you know you don't look a whole lot different than you did 2 weeks ago if you're trying to grow that <laughs> right. thing and and now it has eventually reached a point now that there's part of me that just says you know I'd like to shave it off because the, the novelty has worn off but then I think it took so long to grow. Like, I yes. shave it off and I say, no, I should get it back. I'm, it's going to be another two years before I could do it again. So, well, And you I'm, can't grow it back the same because you'll, you won't have that downtime. And then right. you'll have to deal with the right. patchiness and all the right. other stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll be known so, as Mr. Patch. I'll be permanent, <laughs> permanently patchy. That'll be my You got to be nickname. in it to win it. Yeah, yeah in so, it to win it, Mitch. I'm keeping it for the moment, but... Uh, it is not to everybody's yeah. liking, including the woman that's most important to me. So <laughs> just another small battle in the in this <laughs> minefield we call life. Yes, 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 yes. Ah, uh, yes. Um, a couple of uh, things to note when I mentioned book-wise, before we get started with today's lesson, uh, Tuesdays with Maury will be 25 years old in the publishing world next year. And I've just learned that we're going to put out a special edition of Tuesdays with Maury next year uh, that will have a new chapter that I'll be writing, uh, reflecting back oh. on 25 years since the book came out and, and what has happened since and how Maury's lessons still resonate, particularly after the pandemic, which I found a lot of people came back to Tuesdays with Maury during the pandemic. I probably heard more mm -hmm. about Tuesdays with Maury um, during the pandemic than I had over the course of the last five years combined. Not that I don't often hear about it. I do I hear about it every day, mm -hmm. but the amount of people who just said this, this is what I needed right now. Or I, uh, I went back to this and it made me feel better. And I, I guess I can understand that because the pandemic was a, certainly a time of reflection, loneliness, um, feeling like, am I on the right path or what am I going to do? What's my future going to be, et cetera, et cetera. And 
course, Maury addressed a lot of those issues when he spoke with me, and so I guess that's why it's found a an even greater rebirth than it seems to have every couple of years when new kids come to college and things like that. So be on the long-term lookout for that next year, uh, the 25th anniversary edition of Tuesday. Nice. That sounds and, uh, great. We have a date for the next, the new book that is coming out that I have written called The Stranger in the Lifeboat. And that date mm, is mm-hmm. November 2nd, November 2nd, Tuesday, another Tuesday, November 2nd. And uh, that book, uh, you can now sort of get a peek at. They, I think they put the cover up on sites like Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and other places like that. And it's a novel, sort of a magical mm-hmm. novel, uh, which I enjoy doing, kind of in the vein of the five people you meet in heaven. And yeah. I'll just give you this teaser about this book. And I'll say no more after that. So the book begins <laughs> with an explosion on a luxury yacht. And oh the passengers are thrown into the water and the yacht goes down and only 10 of them manage to find their way to this lifeboat. And oh. for the next two days, they're waiting to be rescued and nobody comes. They realize they have limited water. They have limited food. They have limited strength. Some of them are injured. And nobody is coming. And they're stuck out in the middle of the North Atlantic Ocean in despair. And on the morning of the third day, they see somebody floating in the water. They figure maybe it's a body from the ship that went down or whatever. And they paddle themselves over to it. And they pull this man in. It's a young man. And uh, he's alive. And they start peppering him with questions. Where are you from? There's no, he doesn't respond. He just seems moot. He doesn't seem like he's even capable of talking. And finally, one of the female passengers says, well, thank the Lord we found you. And he turns and looks at her and he says, I am the Lord. Oh. oh. And that is the premise of the book and what happens oh. after that in the lifeboat and how the people react to that and him and the notion of, oh, wow. you know, is this real or is this not real is what the novel is about. So if that enticed you, you can go order it right now or wait till it comes I'm out. I'm enticed. You like. It's called The Stranger in the Lifeboat. I had a lot of fun writing it. I've never been stranded at sea, thank God, uh, but I've always I been have. interested in it. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> My diving thing we talked about. Oh yeah, the other yeah, day. that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's. Right. I wasn't in a lifeboat, but yeah, no, maybe worse. same I was, thing. Left I was alone in the middle of an ocean. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, I read up on a lot of it and and talked to a lot of people who have gone through it, and it's a pretty interesting setting for a, a novel. Anyhow, all right, that's all things to come. So uh, we take care of business that way. Now, had something happen this past week that uh, was really quite tragic. And it made me think a lot about a lot of the things that we talk about here. So in Haiti, as you know, I operate an orphanage there. And um, we have a teacher named uh, Mr. Fedra, really nice guy, Uh, big, booming, deep voice, lived in America for much of his life, although he was born in Haiti. And he was a really good teacher. He helped our kids on their TOEFL tests. Uh, and and got a lot of them to get scores good enough to get into college. Mm. I saw him 
when I was just there, which was maybe 10 days ago, and I was trying to get him into a doctor for his back. He had uh, issues with his back, a lot of pain with his back. And I got him the appointment, and it turned out he couldn't go to the appointment because while he got it, which was great, the doctor was located in this dangerous part, on the other side of a dangerous part of Port-au-Prince. And nobody, not a cab driver, not a taxi driver, not a motorcycle, nobody would go there. They refused to take it because they had to go through that area. So he never got to go to this doctor. Anyhow, I came home and um, I found out that I got word that he went into the hospital, not because of his back, but that he wasn't feeling well. He went into the hospital and they told him he had COVID. Now, he'd had COVID before, according to a test that we had given him. You know, we arranged for a test, a PCR test, and they said he had COVID. So we immediately quarantined him. He was quarantined for two weeks. He stayed home. We did all the right things. And he came back and he was feeling fine. He didn't really feel that sick. And, and so when was that? That like was recently, uh, about or? seven months ago. Oh, seven oh, months ago, ago. Six, seven months ago. And so um, we figured, well, all right, you know, he had it and he's got immunity now as a result of that. Um, and he's good. Well, they told him he had COVID and it got very bad, very fast. And next thing we know... He's, he's, he's having a hard time breathing. And next thing we know, he's in the ICU in a Haitian hospital. And then I get a call. He died. Oh, and my gosh. I, it, this all happened within four or five days. Oh, horrible. And he's only, I, I don't think he was older than in his 40s. And, oh, Mitch, uh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And we're all stunned. The kids are stunned. Oh. We're stunned. And, of Man. course, if they had vaccines in Haiti, which they don't, this wouldn't even be an issue. Wow. And he, of course, thought he was past that worry because, you know, they told him he already had it. Yeah. So it just, we're still waking up from this tragedy and trying to get our Aww. arms around it, trying to figure it out. But for our purposes today, it really made me think about, you know, what this pandemic has done in terms of people reflecting on their own lives. And a lot of people have ended up doing what Maury did at the end of his life, but they're doing it now in the middle of their lives. They're doing it while they're not stricken with a terminal illness because they have the mm. time, and yet the fear is in the air Yeah, that something like this might happen to them too. And every time I tell a story like that, of course, myself, as well as many people who are listening to us, yeah, probably say to themselves, well, maybe that could be me. You know, I thought yeah. I had COVID or I thought I'm okay because I have the vaccine. I mean, he wasn't obese. He he didn't have any prior things that I knew about. He wasn't a cancer patient. And now he's gone and mm-hmm. left behind two sons, young sons. Oh, so sad. It makes, me, it makes me ponder the question about regrets and doing the things that we want to do but put off for whatever reason there is. And I think that COVID perhaps, and certainly stories like this, give us pause as to how long should we put off things that we really want to do? I'm not necessarily talking about I want to get that 80-inch big screen TV set because possessions are never the satisfying thing that we like to think that they are. Yeah. But in terms of traveling, in terms of celebrating something with a family member, in terms of taking that 
camping trip with your son in terms of splurging a little bit and 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 you know spending the summer in a camper or going around in terms of trying to take flying lessons in terms of you know I always wanted to learn how to ice skate all those kinds of things that I think make us happy because we get a chance to do something or experience something or be with somebody and experience something that way I would urge people to just re-examine your hesitations on that. Re-examine your hesitations and say, well, what's really keeping me from doing that thing that I have wanted to do for mm-hmm. a while? Mm-hmm. Is it really finances? Or is it yourself telling yourself, I'm not worth spending that much money on? Is it really the time that it will take up? Or is it you telling yourself, I haven't worked hard enough at my job to, to warrant this. I don't earn, you know, I, I, I don't deserve right. to take this time off. In other words, are you sort of right. withholding something from yourself that's pleasurable, mm. enjoyable g- growth, because you somehow feel like y- you got to put in more years to warrant this? I don't deserve to take a three-month vacation. I'm only 41. Mm. Uh, I have to work until I'm at least 50 to warrant that. You know what I mean? Sort of this this internal uh, scale of merit, let's call it. Internal scale of merit that you don't feel that you have risen high enough on that scale. You got to wait longer. Yeah. My Uh. suggestion would be don't wait. Mm Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Look at what happened here to this young man. I mean, he's certainly young, younger than me. Um, we were talking to him about the future and a bigger role with us and doing more educating, and, and he was optimistic. He was optimistic by nature. He's a funny guy. And then just gone in, in a situation that he thought he had under control. Yeah. I know everybody says, well, you could just step into the street and get hit by a bus, uh, and we can it's true. Uh, but even the stuff that we think, no, I've got this. It's not a risk. I've taken precautions. And then I'm a good driver. I'm careful. I look both ways. Nothing's going to happen to me out there. But it's not you. It's somebody else. You know, I got mm-hmm. my COVID test and, uh, and I already went through COVID. So it's not, but the COVID test was wrong, perhaps. That's what we're postulating now with Mr. Fever. Yeah. That maybe this test was wrong when they told him he had it. He never had it. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So here is uh, Maury talking a little bit about the subject of regrets. Don't get stuck on your regrets about what the things were that could have been different. It's all water under the bridge. So just leave it what it was. Forgive yourself and go on. Mm-hmm. If you get stuck in the past, 
with all these unachieved or regretted things, you'll only be miserable. So that, of course, is, is a good mantra to have if you are, as Maury was, stricken with a terminal illness late in your life. Yeah. Then you don't torture yourself, oh, I should have written more books, I should have yeah. done this more, I should have... You need to forgive yourself those things. But there's an, an axiom to that. If you are young enough, healthy enough, to address these, shall we say, uh, growing regrets. Yeah. There's still things you haven't done yet, you regret you haven't done it yet, but it's you're not reaching the end of your life where you're saying, well, I can't do anything about it anymore, and I really regret it. If you are still at a point where you can do something about it, perhaps you should consider what is holding you back from doing it, and maybe you should get rid of that hesitation and mm-hmm. recognize that, no, you may only be 41, you may only be 52, you may not have a terminal illness, but you also don't know what next week brings. Yeah. And if you're just artificially denying yourself certain experiences, and yet you're already feeling the regret of not doing them, why allow that to grow? Why plant regret flowers in the, in the dirt and mm-hmm. let them grow? Pull them up like weeds before they ever get a chance to sprout. Go mm. and do the things that are in your control to do. And if it stretches you a little financially, as long as I know I'm not advising, you know, like you, you triple mortgage your house, but if it stretches you a little financially or it stretches you a little time-wise, it's a little bit more time away from work or the office than you thought you would take, I still say go for it. Yeah. Because the, the upside, the memories that you make, the positivity of it will easily cover that stuff over once you've done it. How many times have you gone and done something you say, you know what? I should have done this 10 years ago. I've been thinking Ouch. about this. And once you do it, I should have done this 10 years ago. I should have, you know, I should have left this job and gone to a different job years earlier. You know, I don't know why I waited so long. It's another thing that people do. They stay at jobs, even though in their mind, they're kind of like interested in another job yeah. or really would like to be at a different job or really, but they stay at jobs because they're worried about the security. They're worried about, I don't know, you know, the, the grass is always greener. They tell themselves, well, sometimes the grass is greener because it's just greener, you know? It's yeah. not that you get to the other side and you look back and you say, oh, now the grass is greener where I was from. No, there there are greener pastures to go on to. You know, I can yeah. find a cliche for every, I always used to say, you know, uh, um, <laughs> look. Be- how come they say look before you leap, but they say he who hesitates is lost. What am I supposed to do with those two things? You know, now you don't know, you're on the square, oh, look before you leap, oh, he who hesitates is lost, but don't look before you leap, oh, you know? So you can find a cliche, you can find a cliche to to fit anything. (laughs) I'm a fan. But I think that sometimes we just don't value ourselves enough. And so we don't allow ourselves the experiences that we rightfully deserve to have in this life. Amen. And then they stack up and we end up, there's so many of them that you couldn't do all of them now if you wanted to. Instead of letting them stack up like that, start to knock them off. You know, those bucket lists that people have. I always thought that, well, that's an interesting concept, but why wait to the point where you can't lift the bucket? You know, make your bucket list when you're young and start ticking the stuff off as you're going along. Don't you think, Lisa? 
Yeah, I have that situation with my dogs um, because we we rarely take vacations because it's hard to find somebody to stay here with them, you know. So I put these things off. Um, I don't know if you can hear them right now barking in the background, yeah, I which do. I can't do anything about. Um, <laughs> but that they they chimed in at the perfect time. I, you know, we finally took a vacation, my husband and I, for the first time in twenty years. A couple years ago, we went to Antigua, and. I just threw caution to the wind. We got our dog sitter. Of course, I worried about them, at least for the first three days. You know, all I could do was think, I was texting constantly. Are they okay? Is everybody okay? She's like, Lisa, everything's okay. Like, I think we think that the world is going to shut down if we go do something fun. Our job is going to fall apart. Our, our, you know, family is going to be, you know, strained, whatever. It's not. Everybody goes and does their own thing when they can and you should do that like i really learned that from that i'm like stop worrying about everything and just go and treat yourself and i mean you have to you know i get wound up like a rubber band what you uh, (laughs) what you just described is an interesting phenomenon um and i think there has actually been some some scientific research on this but your sense of timing changes when you break from your routine and put yourself mm. in a new environment. Mm-hmm. There's a beautiful movie, if you ever get a chance to see it, called Local Hero. It's an old movie. Uh, oh, um, I never saw that. Yeah, Local Hero. Um, it had uh, uh, Peter Riegert uh, and uh, Burt Lancaster. I mean, that's how old it is. Mm. But it's about oh, this yeah. Houston oil executive who's a, you know, a yuppie, a climber, you know, just, just interested in numbers, can't hold on to a good relationship. He's a workaholic. And he gets sent to this little village in Scotland. His purpose in being sent there is to buy the village because they want to drill for oil there. Mm. And he has carte blanche to just offer them, you know, million dollars or whatever it is. Whatever they want. And they're just local yokels or that's how he sees it. And of course, it's this magical little Scottish town that you can only find in a mist. And, you know, when the mist blows over, there it is. And it's picturesque and it's on this little bay. And every character in this Scottish town is quirky and offbeat and odd. And he sort of falls under the spell of this town. And at one point, he's been there like a day. So he's had an experience. He's met these people. He's slept in a little guest house. He's seen these crazy people on the on the roads and oddball people. And he he calls his office back in Houston, and he's in a phone booth, and he's using like the coins, and he's yeah. screaming to his buddy, you know, Jim, it's me, you know, yeah, it's me. Oh, hey, how you doing? How's everything back there? What's going on back there? And they go, and the guy back there says, Mac, you've only been gone a day. Right. <laughs> and you can see in this little exchange, yeah. he's in this little red phone booth at the edge of the world in Scotland, and the other guy's at his desk where he's always been, same <laughs> as that. Your sense of timing is that so much time has gone by since yes. I've been away from my routine, and and I wonder what's going on back there. Like you were writing, are the dogs okay? You know, it's been years <laughs> since I've seen them. And and your friend said to you, Lisa, you've been gone like nine hours. I mean, well, what's going to happen? I know, exactly. Right? right? Exactly. So our sense of time and what that tells us is that we, our clocks run differently when all we do is the same thing over and over and over. Yes, again. yes, yes. And how rich 
the days feel like you put one day in in a vacation and you feel like you've been gone forever. Uh. And you put two days in and it feels like, you know, forever plus two. Well, there's a reason for that. I think that's our bodies telling us, you know, we, you, you have waited too long to make mm-hmm. this change. You have waited too long to take this chance. You have waited too long to take advantage of an opportunity in life. And yeah. given what happened with Mr. Fiedring, given what I learned from Maury, we should not wait to take advantage of those opportunities. We mm-hmm. should grab them. Listen to what Maury said later on in our visits uh, in the, some of the final weeks, again, about regrets. Don't get stuck on your regrets because you can live a life of regret and not live your current life because you're so preoccupied with your past mistakes. That's right. But a better antidote to that is don't let your regrets pile up so that you're faced with having to live with them at the end of your life because you can't do anything about them. One way of becoming, not becoming so preoccupied with your past mistakes or the past things you didn't do is to not make so many of them and not allow yourself to fall into that rut of, I don't deserve it. I haven't put in enough time yet. When I'm older, I'll warrant this experience, this vacation, right. this time with my family, whatever. Yeah. There is or no there'll such be thing time as later. Yeah. Yeah, there'll, be, there'll time be time later. Oh my gosh, we all must learn that that's not true. I think... Probably most people who are listening to this podcast know that they've lost somebody in the past few years. Um, We cannot depend on that. It's just not feasible. You're 100% right. There is not this guaranteed Mm -mm. tomorrow. Uh, You know, I always hear from my my friends in in, in Detroit, tomorrow's not promised. I hear that sentence all (laughs) the time. Tomorrow's not promised. Uh And it's, uh, you know, it's sort of got some roots in the church. Uh, but it isn't. And no. a good way to avoid those regrets is to knock them off now when you have the opportunity. Yep. And particularly yep. in light of the story that I just shared with you with our with our oh, teacher. So sad. Um, just and, and, and the pandemic. You know, they're having now um all the airplanes are filled and hotels are getting filled in certain areas and all that. And <laughs> they have a name for this. They're calling it revenge travel. Oh, and it's it's because people felt like they were cooped up for a year and a half. And damn it, right. they're going on this vacation, not yeah, even because they gonna... want to go so badly, but they're, 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 <laughs> they're getting back at COVID. Yeah. And, and yet they're going and they're experiencing, well, if that's what it takes for you to get up and do the thing you've get been thinking about doing, yeah. great. Get mad at COVID and go ahead and do something good for yourself, good for your family, yeah. experiential. Again, not purchasing things. I, I just don't feel that that's, that's really it. But but experiencing things, taking time, yeah. whether it be travel or, or time spent with family, whatever it is. And if you want to call it revenge against COVID, call it revenge. But whatever gets you to do it and start your clock ticking like that guy in Local Hero. And he uh, says, I gotta watch what's that. happening back there? How's it all going back there? He says, you've been gone a day. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's how much your, your life can change in a day if you put you yourself in You can totally relate to that too. You know? Oh, absolutely. That's a totally relatable line. <laughs> absolutely. So think about that and, and don't let your regrets pile up. That's another way of addressing re- regrets currently mm. now when we're young enough and healthy enough to do something about it. 
It's this type of thing that we like to talk about here each week on Tuesday People, the podcast. It's the kind of thing that I got the blessed opportunity to do with my old college professor, Maury Schwartz, every Tuesday. And I always felt so much smarter whenever those Tuesdays were over. And I also felt like I had been cleansed, like I had taken a shower uh-huh. and all the filth of life had kind of washed off of me. And I just was down to the important layers of stuff. And right. um, hopefully we touch a little bit uh. of that for you here with our program. If you like what you heard, uh, please feel free to leave us a comment or or ratings or otherwise. Uh, or you can participate in the chat rooms and the discussion groups at wetuesdaypeople.com, which is our website, wetuesdaypeople.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, until we get a chance to see you again, please take advantage of opportunities that are put in front of you. Don't allow regrets to stack up. And on behalf of Lisa Goich, until we see you again, I am Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People. <laughs>